Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, everybody. Greetings. Wow. Well, we've got a great show for you today. Guess what? New nose, new show. Oh, that's right. You haven't updated people about the nose on the show, have you? This is my new nose, guys. Just so you know. You can't see it. Does it sound different? I feel like it does. No. I mean, I'm not Barbara Streisand, so no one cares. I would say it sounds pretty much the same. You do sound a little more, like, boogery. I do have blood boogers in there, but I'm breathing better. So it's an amazing show, guys. We've got a great show for you. She's going to tell you more about her nose job because she's been telling you about it for weeks now. Firstly, look, our hearts are very much with Ukraine. We know this is a very scary time there. And it's scary for us here as well. We are going to discuss how to talk to your kids about war. Then we're lighting up the mood quite a bit when we talk to Megan Hilty, whose latest role is playing Holly Darlin in DreamWorks Animation's new season of Trollstopia out on Peacock and Hulu now. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. And up next, take it away, child. The tits and the sits. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, go first. You know, it's a fresh wound. But I also want to start by saying, like, I kind of feel like a real asshole complaining about anything right now. You know, it's kind of like when COVID was first going on for us where we were like, do we even want to talk about tits and shits? Because it's pretty terrible all around. Are you using an oogie boogie to clean your blood boogers? I am. There's one stuck and it's really bothering me. Do the right thing, oogie boogie. See, even adults can use it. Post-rhinoplasty patients can use it. Technically, it was septoplasty, but I'm not going to. Sure. I've never heard that term. Yeah. Look, aside from the obvious that I feel like a real shit complaining about anything right now, things are a little scary. It was a relatively good week slash weekend. Sebastian had the week off from school. We went up to my parents and spent some time in the country, which is nice. Then we came back here. Danny and James, our friends, wanted to all hang out. We got some Taco Bell, which is something Danny and I have been doing for years and years. It was really good. It was nice to socialize a little bit again. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are down and we're trying to live our lives, but also stay as diligent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you and I went to go see the Snooki live podcast. I still haven't processed it. And part of it was because maybe it was the day after my nose job. Honestly, it was good. It was fun. We had a good time. It wasn't like yes. the other one that we won't even name right now that we have talked about before. It was actually an enjoyable show. And people loved it. They're funny. Yeah. It was just like a weird audience response. It was a weird audience. And also it started an hour late and Ashley and I are old. Oh, I hate that. Nothing made my blood boil like it's starting an hour late. And we were already tired and I was the day after a nose job and frankly, I was pretty toe up from the flow up. Oh, I was going to leave before the show even started. I just think it's so rude. How does anyone start an hour late? I was like, I did not do a fake smoky eye to make these black and blue marks look good Yes, to wait an hour. They started more than an hour late to be completely honest. They started like at 8.10 or 8.15 as opposed to 7. Snooki and Joey are obviously not Virgos because that would no. bother. No. Yeah. That was the one thing about the other show was that at least they started only 15 minutes late. Like, that's doable. That's like giving right. people time. Oof, bad. Anyway, my shits are, I don't know if my child still knows how to socialize with other children. He acted a little strange. Danny and James came over with their son, Joey, who's Yeah, three. but Joey's also younger than him. Yeah, but like, 
It was almost like he didn't know how to socialize. I, like, said to him, is this how you are at school? And he was like, no, I'm just shy right now. He kept wanting time by himself, and then he would, like, be really weird with Joe. Like, he doesn't get like that with Luna, and he doesn't get like that, to my knowledge, at school. It was just odd. Yeah, it's okay. Going through something. Yeah, but otherwise, everything's been pretty decent, other than just being scared about world events. I'm trying to have a very realistic approach here. Like, Matt was like, you know, I think we're okay. I think this might be one you can sit out emotionally. I've been working very hard at not sending you Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm actually spiraling and like considering trying to make a bunker in my house. And so I haven't been sending you the TikToks that I want to because I know that- Prepper TikToks? Yeah. 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 Don't send those to me. I'm not. I'm just telling you about it now. Matt and I have had a lot of conversations about bunkers because for me, you know, I grew up watching Blast from the Past, one of Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone's greatest pieces. Truly. One of the best pieces in their body of work. I- legitimately would love to have a bunker. I genuinely would love a bunker. It would make me feel really good. I don't need it to feel like the American Horror Story one, Apocalypse. Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched a part of it. Yes. Most of it, I can't make it all the way through. I duck out. But, you know, it wasn't a glamorous, gothic bunker. I just, you know, want a place where we have enough food for a while and can live safely. I fluctuate between spiraling a little bit, but I think for the most part, I'm handling this better than I handled coronavirus. I just want everyone to just be chill. Can we just come together and chill the fuck out? You know what I want to do? I just want everyone in the world to put on some shorts, have some bare feet at the beach. Yes. Open up a cold beer and listen to Sean Paul. I was going to say, I feel like everyone on the planet just needs like a collective Jimmy Buffett concert. I want to go to the Jersey Shore. I want to be drinking extremely cheap watery beers in bare feet. Maybe listening to Rob Thomas and Santana Smooth. (laughs) You know, I think that's what the world needs right now. Maybe drink some cocktails with Everclear frozen straws. What is an Everclear frozen straw? How do I not know about this? There's this place in Brooklyn by where I used to live called the Zombie Hut. Uh-huh. And the Zombie Hut is a tiki-themed bar. Okay. And inside their straws, they freeze 151 or Everclear. And then when you have your drink, every drink has a shot of wow. 151 or Everclear in their tiki-based drink. Yeah. I have so many pictures where I'm like, I don't remember any of this happening. Many of my friends have blacked out at Tiki Bar. I believe I've taken a child, not mine. I don't know whose it was, to Tiki Bar. Leave that off your babysitting resume. When things clear up, we're going to have a raucous night at Zombie Hut. That sounds ideal. I'll have to sleep at your house though because the Zombie Hut is... That's fine. It's its own thing. It's going to be a scenario where we like fall asleep in the car. Correct. And like have to send someone our location. Right, exactly. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. I think the thing that's really interesting about this war is how pretty unanimously everyone is coming together and being like, yo, this shit is fucked up. Just chill out. For the most part, aside from like Russia and China and like India, you know, other big countries and Belarus. Right. But for the most part, everyone's like, this is real fucked up. Yes. I feel like the collective energy is, can we just fucking chill out? Yeah. So what are your tits and shits, my friend? Okay. I'll go with shits first. Okay. Fashion is so terrible right now. So terrible. I know We've talked about it, but I get the Refinery29 newsletter. Who doesn't? And they were like, top trends. And I'm like, ew, ew, ew. Officially, yes. I'm going to keep my eyebrows thick. I'm going to wear my high jeans. Yep. No one can stop me. Nope. I do not want to look like Julia Fox or Kim Kardashian in any way. I don't want baggy pants. I don't want to wear a bucket hat. There's a time and a place for a bucket hat. I'm not with these styles. No. I'm just not. No. I'm not going to wear a New Balance sneaker for fashion. I have my one for my podiatrist. <laughs> you know if a shoe brand is recommended 
recommended by a podiatrist, it should not be fashionable. But it is, again, <laughs> everybody looks weird and terrible. Everyone. And I wasn't even into it in the first place. I I'm know. just not into it. And also, money, always money. I'm just like running out of my own money and I need a job. I need to like get like rich dad, poor dad situation where I like don't hate money. You gotta buy that book. I have the book. I haven't had time to read it. Too busy working, making money. <laughs> so that's my shits. My tits are my nose, obviously. Obviously. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It looks so good. Thanks. It's still really swollen, so I can't really tell. But yay, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Plants, plants, plants. Oh. I opened my own TikTok. Good. Because I opened mine. I'm going to do a fashion thing. And so mine is going to be a plant one. Yes. Carrie has been propagating plants. I told her she can charge for this hobby. And she propagated her Monstera plant and gave me this beautiful Monstera plant that literally, her name is Judith. Judith Light. She is gorgeous. She's so beautiful. I am not a plant person. I do not have a green thumb. But she is so beautiful. And she brings me so much joy. And I got to tell you, this weekend, when I like got back from my parents and was changing her water and stuff, her little sprout is sprouting even more. It's got like multiple sprouts coming out of that little foot. I'm so excited. Also, James wants some of your Monstera propagation work. Perfect. We'll talk. Yeah. I started a TikTok, but it's called Carrie Likes Plants Now. I love that. That's my new TikTok. You have to follow me so I can follow you back. I just created it this morning and it's just me because I'm real into my plants and I was not into plants before and so I'm a newbie and I'm just going to do plant content. My plants bring me so much joy. Like I'm hiring a man to build me a garden outside and you're going to share my riches because I can't possibly. Yeah, I love that. I'm just like in my lane. I'm moisturized and in my lane with this whole love of plants. It's in my nature because my grandfather had a green thumb. My mom has a green thumb. Just I'm a late bloomer. It's in my nature to not have a green thumb. But really what I want to talk about. Yesterday we went to the playground with Luna's best friend Eva, her mm-hmm. girl best friend from school. And the mom, Lara, who I've known even before we had kids, she was like, hey, is Luna in a phase where she's scared of things? So basically we were like trading notes about like what our kids are doing and being like, is this just our kid or is this like a growth thing? And one of the things that I shared, remember when we talked about Come On, Come On and how good that movie was? In Come On, Come On, the little boy plays this like orphan game all the time where he pretends to be an orphan. Oh, that's right. And isn't Luna doing that? She has not seen the movie. She does not know that's a plot point of the movie. Every single day, multiple times a day, Luna goes, pretend you found me in this stroller with an actual lion. I was like, okay, let's go there. And the script changes, but it's always that someone has abandoned her. She doesn't know who her parents are. She can't walk or talk. But miraculously, when I find her and have her choose to be my child, she all of a sudden can walk. It's awkward, but she's like, I can walk now. Then she's like, I talk a little. And all of a sudden, my love transforms and she can walk and talk. We play this game like 17 times a day. Lee plays it. There's no questions. I realized how weird it was because we had my mom with us. I had just forgotten that it was weird. I was like, oh, your mom must have been too young and left you on some church steps. Mom's like, what is happening? I'm like, just go with it. It's an orphan script. It's different every time. It always ends well. It's fine. And then my friend Jill goes, did you show her Annie? I was like, I have done nothing to make this orphan script happen. (laughs) Well, that's nice because Sebastian got into Ryan this past week. I don't know what that is. You What's, know, Ryan and friends. I don't know that kid. Good, keep it that way. Anyway, so that's where we're at. Evidently, the kids that are like three, almost four, are into orphans and being afraid of the dark and asking questions about death. Yes, those last two things, I would agree with you with Sebastian. She's having fears now. Yes. Like, she's like, I'm afraid of going downstairs by myself. Yep. Like, she never was like that before, asking real questions about death. She was like, people die when they're old, right? Yeah. Am I getting old? Yeah. So, anyway, and now, it's our mom, Taraj Review. 
of the week. I don't have it in me to do an impression Okay, this I'll week. do it. Guys, we are going to read reviews until we hit 1,000. Bundle 16. What an adorable name. From Canada. For Canada. Oh, oh I'm going to do it as a Canadian person. Do it okay. as a Mountie. After finding this podcast, I am now binge listening through all the episodes. I love it so much. Oh, thank you, Bundle 16. Thank you, Bundle 16. That was not your best work, Carrie. Listen, I have a new nose. Oh, okay. Anyway, thank you, Bundle 16. Reach out, DM. Email us. Email us at hello at momtragepodcast.com, and we will send you some American swag. You know what? <laughs> I sent out some last week, so, you know, there is swag to send. We are good on our word. Yep. All right, let's get into it. We want to talk to you guys about how to talk to your kids about war. Who would have thunk that this is what we have to teach? Our kids have to do active shooter drills, which is absolutely fucking terrible. If we have to start doing Cold War shit where we hide under our desk, and hopefully they've come to a better solution than hiding under a desk that's going to absolutely do nothing. That's a whole other thing. But anyway, here's what we're going to tell you. <laughs> it's been a rough two years on pretty much all of us, our kids included. We're following that up with a war now that really doesn't help. And Carrie and I are out of our realm of expertise on this subject. So we're going to give you some tips that we've learned from a New York Times article called How to Talk to Kids About Ukraine. We love the Times as a reliable source because Ashley and I are not a reliable source. No. But the paper of record, the New York Times, we are incredibly thankful to them and to our good friend of the podcast, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. So let's get into it. Look, as usual, if we're being a little light, a little flippant, a little jokey about things, this is just how we deal. We're not trying to dismiss what's happening in the world. We are a half a panic attack away from... Yes. It's what keeps us sane is by having the demeanor that we have. So just so you know, we're not taking this lightly. I also want to say that a lot of this is probably going to be aimed more towards older kids and toddlers, but our children are citizens of the world. They are on apps. They get lots of screen time. They watch TikTok with us. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but my TikTok, all the lives are basically what's happening in Ukraine. It's like people hiding in train stations. Our kids are sponges. Yes. And if they hear us talk about it, you know that they're thinking about it if they're not saying something. So take cues from your kid. So kids will naturally have questions about anything that they're hearing a lot about. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're worried, though. If your kid is asking you about it, they might just be curious. So you want to speak to them as calmly and as accurately as possible. On the flip side of that, if they don't seem all that interested in what's happening, that's okay too. You don't need to push it. It is good to to try and bring it up with your child. Again, I would personally suggest an older child. Why create a problem that may not be there? But you might want to ask your children if they've heard about the conflict. That way you can make sure that they know a little bit about what's going on in a less scary way. You can always say, look, I totally get you're not interested in it in this moment, but if and when you are, please come to me. I think that's like a very attainable thing to work towards. And also, just as a side note, again, I'm not a professional. This is not coming from the New York Times. This is coming from my personal experience. Kids play act out. So for instance, when Luna and I get into a conflict and we're resolving it, usually the next day she plays it out with her baby dolls or with her stuffed animal. And you can tell she's doing the exact same thing that I told her, but like doing it to her doll. So play acting or story like with toys is always a really good way for them to process, in my opinion. But I am not the New York Times. That's interesting. So look for signs that your child is feeling anxious. So sometimes kids will ask questions and you can kind of tell that they're anxious. 
anxious because the questions have like that anxiety feeling to them. Other times they'll still worry, but silently. And that will be a little bit trickier to look for, but you have to really look out for less obvious signs that they're feeling nervous. So for instance, kids that are having anxiety are having trouble sleeping because they've woken up by thoughts or images, not eating as much, or maybe eating comfort foods instead, or they may be very irritable and clingy. And then one thing, and I can speak to this for when I was a kid. Me too. They have stomach aches and that's an anxiety stomach ache. Hello, that's my whole life. I have self-diagnosed IBS, so I get it. And Sebastian gets that as well. If you see signs of anxiety in your kid, whether they're very apparent or they're the more sneaky ones, just let them know that you're there to talk. On that note, I saw a TikTok about a dad who wrote a note to his kid and it was in the kid's drawer that said like, if there's ever anything that you're scared to talk to me about, bring this note and I won't get upset with you. I try to tell Sebastian all the time, like, look, you can talk to me, even scary things, even if you've done something bad, you can come talk to me and I won't get upset with you. But it's really hard for us as parents to guarantee something like that. So I think that having something tangible and something concrete. For the adults, like sometimes we need a sign that this is like a high leverage thing for a kid. I'm scared to talk to you about it and I need you to not get upset. I think it's a genius idea. Because what's high leverage for us is not high leverage for them and vice versa. Absolutely. TikTok is doing you right, Ashley. Thank you. Next tip, don't bombard kids with news or scary images. This one is hard because we're all on screens all the time, right? I feel like sometimes I'm not aware that my kid is even seeing the things that I'm seeing. Absolutely. So we have to try and be very conscious about the news that we take in around your kids. So try not to have CNN, Fox News, don't have NBC Nightly News. Limit the news being on the TV. They may not be sitting there actively watching TV with you. It is something that's present. They could see images. They can hear something and that can cause a lot of fear and anxiety. You also don't want to search for information on the internet when your kids are around because sometimes, and this has happened to me, I'll like pull up an article and it's a very scary or sad image that brings up anxiety in me. There's a lot of imagery about like very sad children right now and I don't think we want to expose our kids to that. Additionally, and this is mostly for older kids, you want to encourage them to make smart media choices so that they're not doom scrolling because I think we can all relate to how horrible doom scrolling really is on our psyche and on our souls. So you want to ask them what news sources they're following and why and what coverage has helped them understand more about the conflict versus made their heart race more. So you can kind of get an understanding. It's opening up a dialogue. You can kind of go from there. And if your children are getting their information from social media, something called Common Sense Media recommends a handful of news sites and apps specifically designed for kids, including Newsomatic and Newzella, as well as sources that are appropriate for teens such as NPR and HuffPost Teen, which is obviously an extension of Huffington Post. I really feel like that one is very, very important. Back in my day, we had Channel One with Lisa Ling and Anderson Cooper. Wow. We're on something called Channel One, which was piped in during Homeroom, and it was the news of the day for kids. Wow. I didn't know that. Channel One. Huh. That's kind of like who, what, where on Nickelodeon. Correct. That I had. This is really one of the most important things is get to the root of the fear. Parents might mistakenly assume that their kids are worried about the same things that the parents are worried about, but actually the kid is worried about something altogether different. Anybody with kids can relate to this. We think something's going to be a big deal. It isn't. And then the kid is actually worried about some minuscule thing that we didn't even think of. For instance, if your child asks a question like, is this World War III? It's best to respond with your own questions like, 
what do you mean by that? Or what specifically is scaring you? Because it might just be something completely different, yeah. you know? In general, ask them what they mean. And the last tip is appease their concerns while taking them seriously. So once you have identified what's really wrong with your child, address those specific concerns. The number one thing, though, is you don't want to respond by telling them to calm down or that they're overreacting. Like with any other human on this planet, that can feel very dismissive. Even if a kid knows that they are fine, they might feel sad about certain circumstances. If your child is worried for families in Ukraine, think about things you could do to help, such as giving to charities. We have some that we'll talk about after this that are providing aid. Carrie and I are Mr. Rogers lovers. We've talked about this. And there's that very famous Mr. Rogers quote in times where things are very scary to look for the helpers. And it's very beneficial to figure out how you can be a helper. And this was something that Carrie and I tried to focus on a lot, I think, in COVID. I can't speak to everybody, but for me, a lot of times what has me spiral and what's really scary is the lack of control. So if I can find a way to somehow control the situation by making a donation, by volunteering in some way, that tends to help me. The same tends to happen with children. It gives them a sense of agency. It's okay to not know an answer and be honest about that. That's for grownups in general. One of the most powerful things you can do as a human. Yes. Every person that I admire, a trait that they all share is they feel totally comfortable being like, I don't actually know the answer to that question. And people who are less secure make up answers. Just say it's okay that you don't know the answer. Be really honest about it. It's modeling a really good thing that they need to have as grownups in general. Sometimes things are like a big, important topic and you just don't have all the answers right away. So just say that you hear them and you'll circle back to it. And that's for any topic. Anything. And remember too that the most important thing is that your child feels secure. It's our primary role as parents is to keep our children safe. Keep them feeling safe. The ability to make them feel safe and make them feel secure. Just make sure you're listening, you're forthcoming, and you're open to the conversation with them. I wanted to share a couple of other resources. Again, this is separate from the New York Times article. I found a really great resource on TikTok yesterday. Again, it is TikTok. You need to take things with a grain of salt. This guy could absolutely turn, but I watched his live yesterday. He lives in America. His family is in Ukraine. He's in contact with his family, and he is upfront and honest about the fact that obviously he is on Ukraine's side, as most of us are. Everything that he presented, what I was hearing, seemed very honest, very forthcoming. It didn't seem to have an ulterior motive. He even says, I just really want to give people accurate news. Take that as you will, but if you're interested in following him, his name and TikTok is at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, Parnas, P-A-R-N-A-S-6. He tries to do a live, I think, every night, and it's very informative. For me, I tend to run away from watching things because it scares me, and he right away will be like, look, in America, we don't need to be worried about anything nuclear right now. Like, that shouldn't even be on your register right now. We are safe. Amazon is trying to sell me powdered meals to last a whole family for a month, and I'm like, Amazon, how do you get in my brain and know that I'm, like, disaster planning? It's crazy. And lastly, I wanted to give you guys a few different charities. This was a piece of information that I got from Aaron Parnas, which is that people who are still in the Ukraine do not have access to money or donations right now. He said that you should not be donating to things that are giving anything to the Ukraine because the people cannot access it. There are curfews in place. People are hiding in their homes or in subway stations or wherever they can hide. So the best charities you can support are the ones that are at the borders helping refugees. 
juicy. And this is why I like this guy. I thought that was like such a valuable piece of insight. So here are three that are really good. We all know I'm a Bethany Frankel stan. Um, I know that that would make this very... I'm so proud of her. I am too. And I know that this makes it very quick to dismiss, but she has started Be Strong. She started it a while ago. I think she started it with the hurricane in Puerto Rico, which was covered on Real Housewives of New York. What she does that's very interesting as opposed to like a place like the Red Cross is the money that you're donating isn't going to buy clothes for the people or fund volunteers getting somewhere. All of the money that you donate to Be Strong goes directly to the people. 100% of the proceeds go to these people. She says that if you can donate $250, that can relocate a whole family. I think it's like a family of four. And that's pretty significant. That link will be in the show notes. Friend of the podcast, one of my best friends, Cassandra, will be posting this. She lives in Israel and all of her employees are Ukrainian and her business was part-time in Ukraine and part-time in Israel. Lots of her people that work for her have relocated and are trying to also help get supplies to the people that have not been able to relocate. I will list her GoFundMe slash Venmo that is directly going to Ukrainians who have managed to find safety. So I will be putting her charity specifically that's going directly to the people that work for her that help relocate families with children. And then there's two more quickly. I'll tell you the Global Empowerment Mission, which actually Be Strong is working with. They're using donations to buy refugees train and plane tickets to help them reach any family or friends they may have in Europe. And the last one is World Central Kitchen. I love Jose Andres. He is a Spanish chef. I'm sure you know him. He's been on TV. He started this and he has been helping first response people during COVID. He has been so helpful. This man has such a charitable heart. And for him, he feels that many refugees, food is an immediate need once they cross that border. So he is at the border providing warm meals for the hungry. Again, all these links are in our show notes. Help however you can. If you can only donate $10, like that goes a long way. If everyone did $10, it would be amazing. What I've learned with Luna, and she's only three, is ways that you can involve your kids. So maybe it's them donating their allowance, or maybe it's going to the soup kitchen. And I think that it's really important to model for your kid what it really means to be generous. Once you have a baby, your heart expands in a certain kind of way, and you can no longer turn a blind eye to people who have to leave their pets, have to leave their homes, and huddle with their children in a public space underground. Can you imagine being a mother of small children who have never had to deal with this before and not only being worried for your own life, but trying to like protect your children in the telling of the story of why you're hiding somewhere? I literally don't know how, you know, it's a privilege that we can't relate to it. That's what I'm saying. Like we can't turn a blind eye. This is a show that primarily, I mean, there's some people who don't have kids that listen to this. I don't know why. I'm thankful you do, but I'm not really sure why you do. (laughs) But everybody else, like your heart has expanded. So let's not turn a blind eye blind eye and just be like glad it's not here and let's like really step up. And the nice thing is it seems like most of the world is coming together in this situation. That has not happened in past wars. This is pretty much everyone sees this as completely unnecessary and thank God for that. Next up a totally light subject Megan Hilty. You know today's guest from her Broadway roles such as Glinda the Good Witch in Wicked, Dora Lee Rhodes in 9 to 5 the Musical, and her Tony Award nominated role as Brooke Ashton in Noises Off. Or maybe it was her role as Ivy Lynn on Smash, honestly, plus so many more roles. But we can assure you that your kids under 5 will know her for her latest role as Holly Darlin in DreamWorks Animation Season 6 of Trollstopia out on Peacock and Hulu Now. Welcome, Megan Hilty. Hi, Megan. Hi. 
I? That was a mouthful. To be very fair, her Broadway role is a really tough sequence of words. Oh, yeah. Yes. I just wanted to point out that that is difficult. <laughs> yes. Hi. But you know, this is why they pay me the big bucks, is to be able to not get tongue-tied. Yes. Side note, I have to say, as a Broadway girl myself, I love that your career is getting hotter even now that you're a mom. That, like, doesn't happen sometimes. That's the fear, is that you delay having kids for your career, and you've had such an amazing career throughout. But now it's even, it's hitting another great high, and you're a mom. I love I that. I love that that's the appearance. I love that that's the appearance. That's fantastic. I'll take it. <laughs> the charade works. It's great. I love it. I also love that Carrie telling you that, you said, I love that that's how it appears, because it makes me feel less like, oh, shit is not happening for me. And when other people are like, oh, you're doing so great, it's reassuring to know that even when you're big time, you still feel like, oh my God, I'm not. What's happening? Ain't nothing happening. Ain't nothing. <laughs> Let me tell you, that SAG after equity insurance really keeps you honest because it makes you feel like you're not doing very well because it's so hard to get the hours and money that it forever keeps you humble. You're like, hey, I get my insurance. But that was a really happy side effect of my career in animation because I didn't realize that that would really like fuel my, I hate to call it my day job because I find the most joy out of all the mediums in the animated work that I do. Oh, I love that. It's really the only reason why we continue to have health insurance through the pandemic. Yeah. Because I was able to work from home doing something that I deeply, deeply love. It's also so good to age into because I've done voiceover now for 25 years and to work with people who are like the oldies in the business in radio and they just wheel them in in a wheelchair at 95 (laughs) and you can still do your job. It's like, it's a good one to age into. Like you don't have to worry about it's just your voice, you know? It's great. I don't want to keep all this. Right, exactly. All this up, yeah. Um, so speaking of which, tell us about Trollstopia and your character, Holly Darlin. This is the most joyful thing I've ever been a part of. If you're going to be attached to something for at least six seasons, I wish to everyone that it is as joyful and joyful is just the perfect word for it as Trollstopia. It is so wonderful to watch, even as an adult, you know, but to do these recording sessions, anytime I see it on my schedule, I'm like, oh, thank goodness I have Trollstopia. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to have just a really fun time with these amazing creative people. The creative team for Trollstopia is, that's why this show is so wonderful, is because that's who they are as people. <laughs> so like, it comes through the screen. Like, that's all them. We have so much fun. Just in case you didn't know, kids love trolls. They just do. They love them. Mm-hmm. Best part of our job, at least for me, is, you know, we have to watch all these different things. I do that for free anyway. And my son and I were watching the show while I was preparing questions and getting everything ready. And he was so into it. He was like dancing, singing, like sitting on the edge of the sofa, paying attention to everything that was happening. So that must be really, really nice for you to know that as a mom, you're taking these roles that your kids can really enjoy as well. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Something that I didn't realize would happen when I became a mom, because I am very selfish, is that I didn't realize that I would start 
to look at jobs differently. Once my daughter was born, I was like, well, I can't be a part of something that would embarrass her or like just wouldn't make her proud. And so now to be a part of an institution like the Trolls universe and be a part of this very, very special show, Trollstopia, to be a part of something that is helping her learn wonderful social skills and all about teamwork and appreciating and understanding and learning from what makes us different and appreciating what makes us the same and knowing that once we come together and learn to love our differences and celebrate all of those things, it just makes things infinitely better. Like ultimately that's what Trollstopia is about. And every single episode, I'm just so thrilled that not only are they soaking up these messages, but they're highly entertained at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, okay, now we have to learn this today. It's just a lot of fun. I love that. So you are constantly working, at least in our humble opinion. What's your biggest challenge in being a working mom. It's always finding the balance. And luckily I have like the greatest partner in the world. My husband, Brian Gallagher, he's like an angel person. He's an artist as well. And so he gets it. It's just a constant balancing act in trying to make sure that we are very present for the kids, at least one of us at all times. In normal times, there's a lot of traveling. Yeah. It's just constantly navigating that. And in choosing jobs that like, if it's going to take me away from my kids, it better be worth it. It better be really good. It's just constantly gauging that and figuring out that balance. It's not something that's ever like figured out and set it and that's the way it is. Set it and forget it. Not quite. Not that at all. Speaking of you and your husband, both being artists, both being in the industry, I know how I feel about this. And I'm always so curious when we talk to people who are also obviously much more successful and established in this industry, but how do you feel about your children potentially going into entertainment? No, they're not gonna do it. <laughs> I tell my kid, I'm like, go get something with a 401k. Like, go do something else. Find another passion, kid. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's already a hip hop superstar at four. So good luck oh. keeping that down, Ashley. He's not really, but he wants to be, you know? <laughs> I know. I've always said that no matter what our kids want to do, I don't care what it is, as long as they are really passionate about it and really understand the hard work that it takes to do whatever that is entails. And if they choose to go into entertainment, they're going to really want it because they see firsthand how difficult it is to get a job, to maintain a career. Like it's crazy. We're very honest with them about everything. If they go into entertainment, they're going to really want it because they'll be ready. Yeah. How difficult it can be. How old are your kids? And what's your biggest parenting challenge with them at the moment? My daughter is seven and my son is about to turn five in a couple of weeks. Oh, that means he could get vaccinated. I'm sure you're excited about I that. Know. <laughs> I, know. I know. I have to wait till July. <laughs> I'm sorry. It really is like, it feels like we're I just know. being left behind, like just left out of the conversation altogether. Yep. We are counting the minutes until everyone's fully vaccinated and yeah. we can breathe a little easier. Yeah. Live a normal life, maybe. God, just get on a plane with them. My biggest thing with both of them is getting them to be first time listeners. Even second time listeners would be great, but waiting to like the fifth or sixth time for me to ask for something. First time, I'll even take a second time listener. I did a 10. I'm going to count to 10 yesterday for my three-year-old. And she goes, you better count to 20. I was like, <gasps> ew. 
Even my mom was like, the sass on this kid, I can't. And then she's like, it's okay. I'll walk over there slow. I was like, rude. My kid has been so poorly behaved this entire week at my parents' house. I have been like, do you want to live here? Because I'm going to leave today or tomorrow, and you're going to stay with Poppy and Tricks, kid. Okay, so we ask all of our moms this question. What is the number one thing that you think every mom should outsource if they have the means to do so? This is a really— We love this this question. It's a very special one to us. Yeah. No, no, no. This is really like you have the means because I really consider this a luxury. Having your home professionally, even just once a month. Before the pandemic, we had a lovely cleaning service come twice a month to do all the things that I just can't do properly and I can't stay on top of on top of everything else. We didn't have them for two years and we just had them come back two weeks ago and I wept. I cried. I didn't realize how much was taken off of my shoulders and how good it felt to have every nook and cranny clean while I could do all of the other thing. Yeah. yeah. And, but that really is a luxury. I always joke too, like, because as parents without it, you tend to like tackle one thing at a time. So your house is never completely clean all no. at the same time. Yes. And when you have somebody walk into a room and it has that great clean smell, you're like, everything was clean today. Instead of like, Saturday I do the toilet. Because as a parent or whoever, as a caretaker, you can't do it all on the same day. Who has that kind of time? And the other thing is like, you know, when you don't have cleaning people available, like pandemic, same thing, we didn't have people coming. It's things like, all right, we'll clean the bathroom. But I haven't cleaned a window since I bought my house like four years ago. I saved that for somebody else to do because I just don't care to do it myself. I know that sounds terrible. I don't want to have to clean a window. There's too much other crap I have to do on a daily basis. Yeah, it's low on the priority list. Exactly. Like if I can shower, I consider that a success, you know? Oh, absolutely. This is the shameless plug section. Please plug yourself. Tell everyone where to find you. Tell them all about your projects that you have going on. Like, whatever. Trollstopia, all of that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Trollstopia season six is now on Peacock and Hulu streaming. I think you can get all seasons. I think they're all available. They are all on there. And season six has just like, it's gone to a whole new level of joy and loveliness. And it's just so funny. It's so funny. I am very happy to sit down and watch the episodes. Even the ones that I'm not in with my kids over and over and over again. I'm on social media, Instagram and TikTok, if you can believe it. We just feel old on TikTok. I feel ancient, but I'm there. I'm just like a voyeur on TikTok. And it's just my name, Megan Hilty. And then I've got a bunch of concerts coming up. I don't know if any of your listeners are in California, but they're all in California at this moment. There's one in Northridge, several shows in San Francisco, and then I'll be with the San Diego Symphony in July. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Good luck on everything. We're rooting for you. And you know, you were always my choice for Maryland. Yay! Yes. Thank you! Team Money! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, Megan. Thank you, ladies. Hashtag swag bag. While she was a joy, Megan Hilty was a joy. So should we go to hashtag swag bag? Yes. I'm going to go first. Okay. Guys, I've changed the game of being a plant mom. I decided to be lazy for a half a second and get terracotta plant steaks, put an upside down wine bottle. It puts good use to those wines you've so been many. drinking, people. I know you have. So many. And then the terracotta, when the plant needs water, it draws from the roots and the water goes down. Genius. Now, one, it's good for lazy 
people. But for me, who's medium lazy, but like I'm into plants now. Yeah, she really is. It's extreme. I'm balls deep. Yep. What I learned is that I'm learning which plants need more water because I can see if they're going through the water quicker, then I'm learning that they need more water. I'm learning that when I give them more water, they produce more blooms. I'm learning that when certain times of the month, as I like to say, plants need a little bit more TLC when they're starting to reproduce or whatever. Like I said, I have a plant orphanage, evidently. Plant steaks, they can come in plain terracotta and you can put your glass seltzer bottles, your glass wine bottles in them. Those mini Coke bottles would be good for the mini glass Coca-Cola bottles. Or like my fever pitch tonic for my gin and tonics. Those are really good bottles. But they also make cute ones for smaller plants that are just like a little glass ball or a little painted mushroom. Oh, I've seen those. And you just pour a little bit of water in there. You can't leave them for that long like that. Yeah, because you can't see it. Right. But I'm just telling you, changed the plant game for me and is so good for people. I'm going to get one for Joe, my ZZ plant. Yes. Just going to say for so many people that are afraid of plants, this is a game changer. Just get it. It's like a fix it and forget it. So mine this week, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but if I have, oh well, it's a good thing to talk about twice. You can talk about it again. It's fine. Have I talked about it on the show? I don't think so. I don't know. We've talked about it on the other show. So basically, I'm tired of talking about wanting to affect change and not actually doing anything to affect change. And, you know, my son is school age. The chances of anybody in any of our families being in a public setting where there is some kind of G-U-N violence, I'm spelling it because my child is in the next room and I don't want to give him anxiety, those odds are increasing. And I decided I can't sit by idly anymore. It's just horrifying to me. So I've started actually volunteering with Moms Demand Action. I had like a productive call with them last week. I'm going to get involved in this like Be Smart campaign and hopefully work to bring it to the public school system in the town I live in. I just want to say, if you're like me and you've just kind of had it fucking enough, like it's just enough, I just want everybody to act like they're at a fucking Jimmy Buffett concert and chill the goddamn out, then maybe get involved in something that is important to you. I don't know what that could be. Maybe it's like a food bank or maybe something with homelessness. Maybe it's refugees. Maybe it's policy. There's a zillion different things you can get involved in. Pick one. This is a volunteer thing. You can say no if life is too crazy and you just don't have more than two hours to give that week, then you just don't. But just start. Just get involved and just start. And I say this because I'm always like, I just don't have time. I'm making it a fucking priority and I'm making time for it. One of the best things that you can do to get out of your funk, your anxiety, your depression is to give and think outside of just yourself. And so in order to help yourself, sometimes you need to help other people. Yep. Affect change. And so when you do good, it does good for you too. Yep. I knew I needed it. Mine is Moms Demand Action, which is a part of Everytown USA, but you can get involved with whatever. We'll leave the Moms Demand link and we'll go from there. Good show, guys. We love you all. Guys, as always, we love you. Be safe. Take care of yourselves. Love you. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.